Welcome to the Autism Warriors podcast, episode 12, Real Autism Warriors. You can catch us on our website at autismwarriors.com. Our email is feedback at sayitproductions.com. Our Twitter is sayitprods. Our Facebook is facebook.com backslash autismwarriors and facebook.com backslash sayitproductions. Our voicemail is 813 915 6390. We're here live every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time at sayitproductions.com backslash live. Just to let you know, we respect and uphold the rights of people to make choices concerning their family member with autism, whether it be vaccinations, therapies, or medications. I'm Erica Plord. I'm the mother to two children on the spectrum, Cassidy 9 and Garrett 7. And I'd like to welcome my guest, my co-host, Pamela Mari. Good evening. Good evening. I'm here in the midst of a thunderstorm. I am mom to Joey, 13, also on the spectrum. Bad storm. Bad Ooh. storm. Wow. Stay safe. Well, if autism is your world and you would like to be a guest on Autism Warriors, please contact us via email at feedback at sayitproductions.com. Tonight, we have a special guest. Her name is Gretchen Mansfield-Wilson, founder of the Sean Ashley House in Houston, Texas. Hi, Gretchen. Hi, Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on the show with us. It's exciting. I have a few questions for you, Gretchen. What is your story? How are you touched by autism? I had never heard of autism until my grandson was born. I had seen it a couple of times on TV, and I thought, hmm, that's real interesting. They were talking about these children who were inside their own world. So Sean was born, uh, born, and we did not know he'd had autism until he was probably about four. And this uh, school called in a psychologist and had him diagnosed. I thought he had blindisms because of his blindness, too. And they told me that it was really autism, and I finally accepted that. And I'm glad it was during a time that I didn't have all the choices of therapies parents have today. It sounds so confusing. Um, I raised Sean myself. I'm his guardian. And um, it's more like learning from his teachers and doctors and a gut feeling of what to do with him. And that's what I did. And, you know, it worked well. And I think people from my generation, it worked well for them, too. And there wasn't the confusion of all the things people are running around doing and paying for. Sean's 32 now. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a man. (laughs) (laughs) And he's doing well? He's doing very well. He's doing excellent. That's great. Yeah. Now, what exactly is the Sean Ashley House? We're an HCS program uh, certified with the DADS program in Texas. It's the Texas Department of Mental Health, Mental Retardation was the old name for them. And it's uh, group homes in the community. Then as our kids started aging out, uh, because Sean got his slot, I think, when he was 11, and as they aged out, we opened our own dayhab because, as you know, they transition from school. There's nothing out there, and they become couch potatoes. So I'm very proud to say that we have a wonderful dayhab, and they all enjoy it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we have a sensory room, a music room, uh, exercise room, a room that they just do uh, life skills in and crafts or whatever, big backyard they can go into. So 
usually when the kids go home with their parents, they're wanting to go back to the Sean Ashley house. And which, by the way, I want to say, Sean thinks his last name is House now. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll ask him his name, and he says, Sean Ashley House. And I go, no, it's Sean Ashley. And he puts his head up in the air and goes, House. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's yeah. funny. Now, what is meant by the term model house? Well, as an example, people are welcome to come tour it and see what we do and use our setup as a model to go by. Oh, okay. Um, now, do people actually reside in the house? How many residents? Yes. Um, we have... 12 homes, and a couple of them are three-bedroom homes. Uh, some of them are four-bedroom homes. When I got my license, you could only have three beds. Then the state changed it, and you could have four bedrooms if you had a fire system and connected to the fire department. So we started doing that. And um, then in our day hab, it's open to the community, so it's not... Just our kids who've aged out of school, anybody can come to that. And so, if, if they're funded, the state pays, they don't pay very much. They only pay $20 a day uh, per person for day hab. So, Gretchen, excuse me, you're saying you have 12 separate housing structures, shall we say? Right. 12, are they all called, all considered Sean Ashley houses? Well, we call them house one, house two, house whatever, you know. Okay. And they're all under the Sean Ashley house. Okay. And are they, are your residents from what, what is the beginning age that someone could become a, re, uh, a resident up to what oh, we final age? Any age, any age, young and they're, they can live their, their lifespan. Oh, Wow. There's no age, you know, qualification. And then then there's no cutoff date as to when they can no longer be a resident? Oh, no. That is their place forever as long as they want to stay there. Or if they choose, they have a choice of, you know, taking their slot and moving it to another provider. Say if they um, move out out of Houston or whatever. Oh, okay. And as long as it's in Texas. And how are you... Oh, go ahead, Pam. I was going to say, in 12 units, how many total residents are served? Well, we also have foster children. Um, I should have gotten the count because I think we're up to about 70 now. But that's including in-home services where they stay with their parents. It includes foster care, and then it includes residential. They have choices of how they want to be funded. Oh, okay. If foster parents, we pay them, you know, the, the money, and they use it to get all of the services for their ch- child. They take them to the doctor. If they need someone to stay with them, they get that. It's their responsibility. Oh, okay. And what, uh, what diagnoses do you cover? I mean, do you accept what, what types of diagnoses for your residents? Does everybody have to be on a spectrum? The or this program is supposed to be for all disabilities. Um, when I opened, they were closing the state schools, and I waited. I didn't feel like I was qualified yet to be, because Sean was still young, to be with the older, worse behaviors coming out of state schools. So we, I expanded very slowly, and um, they, when we began, you could not turn anybody away. You know, you have to take everyone, and we did. We had a child, we had a couple of wheelchairs, we had a, a CP, a child with CP, and as we started growing, <clears throat> I'm sorry, just a minute. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, our our focus, or we got to be known for autism. Uh, I was a founding member of NARPA. It's a national organization founded by Dr. Ruth Sullivan. If you all know her, 
in West mm-hmm. Virginia, Autism Services. And so we got to be well known for autism, and that's really what my focus was. And it just turned out that way that the people who come for residential services now have autism. Wow. Now, I, w- I would assume that you have, I don't know what you would want to call them, I don't want to say caretakers, I'll say house parents. Do you have we caretakers? We have shift staff. We have people coming in like every eight hours, shift staff. Everybody's gone during the daytime. So, of course, if somebody's sick, we have a staff come in during the day. But um, all of our houses need 24-hour care and we have shift staff coming in. And are the residents pretty much responsible for running the daily functions of the house, whether it be cooking for themselves, doing the laundry, cleaning the house? The are not that high-functioning. We get them to try, you know, to assist the staff doing hand, showing them how to do things. Um, Basically, the staff, is responsible that it's done. Um, most of them function at about this level, and I'll speak for my grandson. If I hand him his pants, he puts them on. If I hand him his shirt and put it on top of his head, he puts it on. He can put his shoes on, but he needs assistance in everything he does. Oh, okay. And most of our clients are like that. We do not have that many high-functioning clients. But but still, nonetheless, they're in whatever capacity. We try to make they, them be as independent as they can, yeah. and you know, teach them how to do these things, like spread peanut butter and jelly, say, over a piece of bread, make their sandwich, carry their dishes to the uh, sink, and spread out their uh, bedspread. You know, so we try to get them to have their own chores pick up their clothes and take them and put them in the washing machine. That's great. That's great occupational. uh, That's part of occupational therapy, and that's great. Oh, yeah. And what other kinds of activities, Gretchen, do they have? Would they have during the day other than, I mean, do they go out into the community? Well, we have school-age kids who go to school. And in the day hab, we have, for years, have been taking them for writing therapy, uh, once a week, and um, they started that when I first began the Sean Ashley House, and they still go. Uh, we have a music therapist who comes in, because I'm a very strong believer in music therapy. Um, bringing Sean up, I started using a drum beat to modulate his speech, and uh, singing songs. He, he has enough words, he can use one or two words to let you know what he wants, even though he was totally nonverbal until he was about 12 or 13, oh, wow. and he would only repeat the last word you said. Now he uses one word appropriately. But uh, I can sing a song with him and leave any blank. He'll fill that word in. So it, it, he amazes me. All, they all do. They all have their special little gifts like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, how are you able to keep the house up and running? I know you're a 5013C. Right. You're a not-for-profit, so right. how do you keep the house up and running? How do I keep it up and running? Mm-hmm. You mean now or when I started? Um, now or when you started. How, how You could tell us from when you started till up, up till now. When I started, uh, funds were tight. Uh, I waited for one little girl who uh, her parents knew us, and she was put in Corpus state school and those people automatically got slots uh it was another year i think before sean got his so i just i had a house i was very fortunate i had a house paid for that you know it was a lease house and i used that to get started in i took sean my two dogs and my cats one cat moved in and I figured it was just as easy to take care of two of them as just Sean because they were both even in the same classroom at school. So, you know, we slowly grew from there as slots became open. And once they did, then I had, 
you know, I hired staff, the the shift staff for each home. And they all are responsible for that house when they're there. They've all had special training in um, CPR, in uh, restraining. Uh, we give them all of these you know, kind of trainings they need in working with the children. I guess. <laughs> so fi but financially, how do you keep yeah, it? Yeah, where's the money How do you keep it sustained? Oh, we're funded. We're federally funded. Oh, you're federally funded. The state reimburses each child by the level of his need. So um, the, the uh, people who are at the lower end of the, end of the spectrum, of course, has a larger reimbursement rate, but it also takes much more to support them. And their social security check goes to pay for their room and board and then extra spending money because that we take about in the community all the time. And um, the reimbursements for the step from the state, people think they make a lot of money, but they don't. Uh, it goes to pay case management, nursing, um, you know, all of the, all, to run the office. So all of your available services all, all are listed on the web that are listed on the website. Huh? I'm looking at your website right now. So all that money goes for the available services okay. that are listed on the website. Huh? And it takes, I think probably about five, $5,000 a month, uh, you know, for a child's expenses. Oh, wow. And I'm talking about his nurse, the state mandates, you know, so many visits from the nurse, so many visits from uh, uh, the, the case manager has to see him, everybody once a month. And they can't have a caseload of over 30. We think that's too many. So we have several case managers. We don't give them that many. So it goes to pay for all of that. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say you're at capacity now, Gretchen? Like, are you full in all 12 we'll units? We'll still or? take more. Um, I don't want to get huge to where we still have a really hands-on um, and close proximity to all of the homes. They're in the same central area. And um, we've been talking about where we will set a cap. Um, I don't know right now. You know, I just, I want to make sure that we don't get so many that we can't give them the personal attention I want them to have. Now, a lot of the providers, they set up group homes in different cities. And I won't do that because I think if you, you know, you, you want to oversee what everybody's doing and... To do that in another city and leave that responsibility to somebody else just wouldn't work for me. So we are staying just in Houston. Have you ever had to turn someone away that you couldn't handle, whether it would be because of the complexity of their their disability? No, we've no? never had to turn anybody away, no. We have one boy who's deaf and autistic. And then, now he's uh, in his 20s, and when he got older, he also developed severe diabetes. And, um, you know, he, he does fine. His mom tried to take him. She lives in Dallas, closer to her, and it didn't work, work out. It, he, he went real downhill, so she brought him back. But, uh, and he's doing great now. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we have not had anybody that we've had to turn away. We have been able to really deal and uh, improve behaviors and, you know, their life. That's it's just great. amazing. Now, I know you have some, some pretty, I don't want to say impressive, but for lack of a better word, impressive folks on your board of directors. I was on your website. You yes. have a physician you might have more than one physician. I can't remember. Who who do you look for to to be on your board to give you the kind of support that you need to keep this work up? Well, actually, right now, you know, a board. Our bylaws are a two year term, 
And Dr. Kay Lewis, I don't know if you know her in Houston or not, uh, neurologist, um, I mean, psychiatrist. She was on my advisory board when I began, and a Dr. David Wood. And they were my mentors as far as guiding me with what we were doing at the homes. Uh, they were a lot of the kids' doctors themselves. Uh, Dr. Woods is a behavior specialist. And so we are kind of a, in, in having a board recruit soon. Okay, so you, you have to go through by the to go by those bylaws like the Bible. Okay. <laughs> yes, because uh, otherwise the funding gets pulled. I'm sorry. Otherwise, the funding gets pulled. Well, you might be shut down if you don't follow your bylaws. That's right. That's right. Uh, <coughs> so, what would you tell other parents who wish to create a similar program for their children? Oh, I encourage it all the time on Facebook. I don't know if you've noticed, I've got my 13, 1400 friends, and all of them, most of them, are parents with young children with autism or adults with autism themselves in Asperger's. Um, and I encourage them all the time to start planning their child's um, future and something when they can no longer take care of their child. And I know parents are so busy with their kids and their family and all of this. They only have time to think of today. But the time gets here very fast. And we have people all the time whose kids are grown. They've been on the waiting list 13 years. People, first of all, need to get on that waiting list as soon as they can, whether they think they're going to use it or not. They don't have to have it. I mean, they don't have to use it. But um, there's not enough group homes for autism specific. And there, oh, there needs to be more homes. So I think every, all the parents should get together and start considering what they're going to do and maybe go in together and start their own places so they can have something and run it the way they want it done. Wow. That's an excellent suggestion. Now she's got my wheels turning. <laughs> I know. My, my wheels have been turning since <laughs> I mean, October you, of 2009. And we have parents calling crying, desperate, not knowing what to do. And we can't help them, you know, if they're not on the list, they have to come off the list to come to us oh. that the state keeps. Oh, okay, right. so your referrals come through the state, Gretchen. Yes. I can't just walk up and say, hey, knock on your door and say, Gretchen, you know, can you house oh, me? Oh, yes, you can. The, the state, when you come to the top of the list, they tell them all of the group, all the providers who are available. And the parents have to just go out and interview and choose whoever they want. But you can't, what's the word I'm looking for? You can't jump the list and just do it on your own. Uh, you to get just, to you. To get to you as, as a residential facility, you're saying you have to take your turn on the list, the master right, list. You have to come off the top of the list, yes. And the list is long in Texas, and it's very sad. These parents waiting to get even, you know, just respite. Mm. I mean, the respite's important. Jeans and they still have no services. Oh, wow. That, and residential services also for adults is in a huge crisis. And people need to start thinking about it. When their kids are young, if they think their child is going to need supports, you know, when they're older. Wow. Wow. Because it's would, very would, devastating if you don't have a plan. Exactly. It can be very devastating. Now, now, I'll tell you what my dream was when I started, and I hope while I'm still on this planet, I'll see it happen. But, you know, things like this, are you, you have to have a lot of money. Um, I wanted to start out and buy land and build cluster homes and, like say, like three to a cluster and where they could have um, pets uh, some little chickens and get gather eggs and uh, a horse or, you know, whatever. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of bittersweet forms. No. They're wonderful. It's a form setting. 
And uh, Dr. Bernard Wimlin is the one. He he's, was my mentor when I started, too. He told me everything to do. Wow, I miss well, that, that, that's I miss him so much. But uh, anyhow, some of the parents are talk- on Facebook are talking about this, about getting some land and having a form-type atmosphere. And for me, I love the concept of the big, wide-open spaces and growing a garden, you know, whatever. I think they get much more out of that than what the state and parents wanted of them living in the community, in the neighborhood. We have yeah. a, similar, a similar model here. It's in Pennsylvania. It's just a day program. But the mom uh, of a, a young lady, I think she's autism and, and maybe some MR diagnoses in there. But she is an adult and the mom is not young in years and the mm-hmm. husband is an attorney and they bought a farm right down the road from us here. Oh. And it's a day program. The They don't call them clients. They call them growers. The growers, growers? who are the client, the growers, you know, and they me. come every day and it's a day program and they have a heck of a garden. They have chickens. Oh, and yeah, that's fantastic. It's they have a little modular house on site, but it's your idea would be the same. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, they just do fantastic there. I think it's a great model. So I, I would love to. Too. And if uh, Bittersweet Farms has a book, and it's called Bittersweet Farms. Uh, you can get it probably from oh, I know you can from um, um, uh, Wayne Gippen, Future Horizons. And uh, it's well worth reading if somebody would like a model like that. Definitely. But I think it's better than like sitting on a little square piece of land on cement in the city, you know. <laughs> now, some people want their kids right there in the city and been with the neighbors. But I, I just think the other sounds so healthy and wholesome. Yes. Now, Oh, in reading your website, you have what's called the Tour to Autism. What exactly is that? Oh, it's a group of bicycle riders, bike, uh, cyclists. And they, the president of the board organized it, and this, this will be our third one. And, you know, they start, like, in Houston and ride, I don't know, 50 miles or 100 miles or whatever, and... Uh, People support them. And so, of course, we have donors that help supply um, refreshments and drinks and foods. They, um, right now, I think last year we had around 100 riders. Oh, wow. And that brought in about $5,000 for the Sean Ashley House. That's excellent. Because people will pay them, I think, to, you know, so much money to ride so many miles. That's that fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Now, now, how can people find out more or contact you? About the bicycle tours? No, about the whole Sean Ashley house in general. Oh, okay. Um, you can call the office. The number is 713. It's on the website, 667-6460. And speak to Kelly Benson. Okay. Yeah, I was the executive director until a couple of years ago, and I decided I wanted to turn the reins over to new blood, these new ideas, and I appointed Kelly as the CEO, and she's very good and loves the kids. I'm so fortunate and has a brilliant mind for all the state complications. Mm, that's great. And they can also find you on seanashleyhouse.org, Correct. Uh, me, they can well, the, find the information. Whatever I do now, I just do it from home. Mm-hmm. And I went to Cozumel for five months and volunteered with the kids there who have autism uh, because they have no services over there. Oh, uh, the wow. Mexican government doesn't even qualify autism as a disability. So, and then I came back and I mostly do PR and advocacy. Of course, we just got through with this 82nd legislative session, you know, and we're getting cuts, but it wasn't as bad as we feared. So that was good. I think we can survive. And luckily, uh, the secret millionaires came along and uh, that gives us 
you know, a good cushion. So, yeah, we really didn't ask uh, Gretchen to expound upon that. How the Secret Millionaire Show chose the Sean Ashley House as as a recipient, and can you tell us, Gretchen, about the the folks that run Curves and what they gave to you? Oh yeah. <laughs> And excuse my voice is just real horsey. Maybe it makes me sound sexy. I don't know, but this this is how my sounds. ABC contacted the office, ABC out of California, and they were doing a documentary. They said on volunteers and how important it was for nonprofits for volunteers to give their times and services and gifts. And so, Diane and there were different millionaires and that went to who went to different places and ours were diane and Ga- gary haven who founded curves uh health studio mm-hmm. and so they came in and spent oh god they had 17 vans from california with the camera crew and they came and interviewed me and kelly and they uh said they were coming to volunteer with the kids and wanted to spend time with them, and they did. Uh, They took them horseback riding for one of their regular outings that they go for therapy, and they love it. And I think it's an excellent thing because it exercises every part of your body and gives the child a feeling of control over this big animal. But also... um, the music therapist happened to be coming while they were there. So that's in the video. Have, have you seen the show? Haven't seen the show. Oh, it's it's uh, ABC. I think we were on the, April the 3rd. Or either yeah, that's 6th. what it looks like it says on your website, April 3rd. Oh, you guys can go to the website and see some of them. And yep. so anyhow, they had a great time just interacting with our clients. And... Some people call them consumers. I think that sounds like something you eat, so I never say consumer. Um, And I like the woman who calls hers the growers. But anyway, um, the third day they came back to tell us bye and how much they enjoyed being with our kids and meeting them. I'm sorry, I still call our adults adults kids. (coughs) Excuse me again. I'm not going to say excuse me. I'm going to just cough. And um, so Gary, the husband, says, well, we like what you have done so much. And I think it was the history of the Sean Ashley House that uh, they felt like we were deserving nonprofit. And um, he said, he said, we're going to give you one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh, wow. And he ripped up the check, and he says, but now after we see what you do, we're going to give you $250,000. Well, I just threw my hands up in the air and go, oh, my God, and put my hands on top of my head, and my eyes are big, and I just went into shock. (laughs) And, yeah, they gave us two hundred, dollars and that was the largest gift or or, uh, check any of the millionaires gave to any of the charities. So we felt very, very blessed. That's great. They that were is like, awesome. I, I looked at it like God working through them to give us the blessing. That's right. <laughs> They're very wonderful, nice, down-to-earth people, too. Now, if you go, if you join the Sean Ashley House, and somebody's put a couple of other sites. Don't go there. The, Sean, the original site's the Sean Ashley House. And um, parentheses, we make a house a home, and it's a group on Facebook. You can go and see. I know I have a clip of the one where I'm saying, oh, my God. I There's somewhere, maybe even on our website, a clip of the whole thing, which is about an hour long. And that one um, shows all three charities. That is okay. so great. That, that is oh, great. I'm going to look for that. I want to. <laughs> I want to see you go. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, and, and I shut down, and I saw all the other people who had received their checks, and they were all crying. And I thought, well, 
later. I thought I could have at least cried. I just sat there and stared. <laughs> you know, Gary came over and gave me a big hug, and, you know, he had tears in his eyes, and they're just wonderful people. That's fantastic. Gretchen, I know before, and this is totally personal for me, but before we let you go, I wanted to ask you, having raised a grandson who has autism but also is blind, you faced uh, unimaginable obstacles, okay? Could you give us just a one-liner that you would tell any parent with a child with a disability who gets frustrated, who feels like, given up, I can't do this anymore, what am I going to do? Can you give us a little one-liner words of wisdom for, for tonight that you have learned in dealing well, with Sean? I don't know what to tell them to do if they need to get away. Uh, but as far as dealing with their child, I would say moms need to do it from their gut feeling I think moms know their own child much better than any therapist or doctor knows. Um, and, you know, try somehow to have respite so you can get a weekend away. Now, I always let, took Sean to a camp, camp camp in Austin, um, San Antonio, excellent for autism. Uh, he went there once a week, uh, uh, once a year for a week. And, um, I took him to various activities, and that kind of kept us busy and on the go. So, you know, as far as if they don't have family support or someone to help them, I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell them to do about trying to get family time just for themselves. And a lot of people don't have that family support. But uh, as far as every day, just I think gut feelings does the moms know so so much what to do already, and usually what they're they're doing is right. Okay, that's good to hear. <laughs> that is good to hear. But Gretchen, we'd like to thank you for being on the show tonight. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it. Okay, well, you go on and have a nice night. Thank Thanks, you, Gretchen. I hope I've given some information that is helpful to people. I'm sure you definitely have. Thank you so much, Gretchen. Okay, good night. Good night. Wow. <laughs> that was awesome. She's awesome. I love she her. She is awesome. <laughs> I just want to hug her. <laughs> she puts me to shame, like my grandma used to say about other people. She puts me to shame. Yeah, she puts me to shame. You know, amazing. Amazing. Definitely amazing. So, Pam, how was your week? Oh, well, um, like I put on Facebook, Joey was in hog heaven because Daddy is letting him drive the zero-turn lawn tractor. <laughs> uh, it's a, one of those, you sit on it and it has these handles in the front. I don't know how to liken it to anything. It push to go, pull to stop, and, you know, open and shut like, I don't know, like a can opener. I don't know how to describe it. Um but there's no foot operation involved. It's all done with the hands, you know. Oh, cool. So he's sitting on the red zero turn thing, and he's cruising around our three acres here, you know, and he's having a blast. And he really can't run into anything because it's pretty much wide open, you know. Uh, dog barking the whole time, but he loves to do it. And he's done it two weeks in a row now. He's earned $40 so far in two weeks because Daddy throws him a 20 every time. And he told me that he wants to buy uh, Roly Poly Oli why am I not surprised, VHS tape from eBay, <laughs> which we will do. And last night, again, not surprised, but he beat the living tar out of his computer mouse. Oh. And he said, Mom, I need a new mouse. And I said, Joey, I, I don't have one, which was a big fat lie. But I said, I don't have one. And he said, well, you can take my money and go to the store and buy a mouse. So this morning when he got on the bus, he said, don't forget, Mom, take my money and go buy a new mouse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're getting the concept of things cost money, you know. That's great. That's a, Money doesn't uh, grow on trees, you know. So that that's a good thing. Other than that, more hyper lately. I, uh, every year I say the same thing, like is it school or houseitis or 
one of the two, you know, or is it uh, just plain allergies? Mm. You know, could be. Could be. How was yours? Well, Garrett's having more and more mini meltdowns. He hates everything, but I rest assured in the knowledge that we're going to alleviate the issue with some of the behavior modification therapy. He has his first appointment this in two days, Thursday at two o'clock. So um, he had a huge meltdown on Sunday. The neighbor was having a barbecue in the backyard and Garrett was upset because one of the little boy, one of the little boys that was a guest at the party was playing with his ball and would not share. It was Garrett's ball and the kid wouldn't share with him. He even yelled at one of the guests that was passing by and said hi to him. Garrett responded in a, as loud of a voice as he can, leave me alone. I was appalled and all that I could muster was, I'm sorry, he's on the autism spectrum. Not an excuse, but an explanation. Um, I have a real problem with people who don't understand that my explaining autism as related to my children say I'm excusing their behavior because I'm not. I'm just explaining this is part of this is part of who they are. Um, Cassidy's still talking back, but that's normal behavior. But how how much more annoying can she be? <laughs> She's having difficulties in school again, probably due to her being easily distracted. Um, tests are coming back with failing grades. Timed anything timed, she can't complete. I have a PPT meeting for her set up for the middle of this month to discuss her 504 plan. And I have a feeling that they're going to try to try and take her off the 504 plan. But I think she needs more of more of something to help her um, because, like I said, she gets easily distracted. She can't do timed tests. Um, she just gets so anxious about it uh, and then uh, obsesses about, oh, am I going to get it wrong? Am I going to get it wrong? And by the time by the time the timer has gone off, she's missed 19 questions when there's only about 36 on it. So. <laughs> Um, but with the 504, don't they have to accommodate her for that? Well, it depends on what's written into the 504 plan. Right now, her reasonable accommodations are sensory breaks, frequent ba- bathroom breaks, um, and going to see the school psychologist. Okay, so when you go in for the PPT oh. meeting, then you can have them revise the accommodations? Yeah, I could perhaps? probably have them revise the accommodations because she is easily distracted. She might need to have more room, more room to work with. Um, more time on tests, something like that, because she's having a hard time. But I'm also curious to see what her teacher, because her teacher's going to be there, and I'm curious to see what her teacher's going to say. Um, because when we had the parent-teacher conference back in March, she uh, she told me that Cassidy, you know, she doodles a lot. She likes to draw, and she'll doodle, and and the teacher will think she's not paying attention, but she she'll. When she calls on Cassidy, Cassidy has the answer. So, I'm like, okay. So now you said with, I'm sorry, you said with Garrett about the first session of mm-hmm. of what kind of therapy? I call it behavior B-mod. Yeah, B-mod. B-mod. Yep, B-mod. Are you seeing the same folks that that your daughter has for the group therapy? The ones that you're so exact pleased same, with, or exact same therapist. Cassidy went today to see her name's JC. Cassidy went last night to group therapy, today to individual therapy, and then on Thursday, Garrett will see JC for individual therapy. We used to bring Garrett with us to Cassidy's individual therapy, but it completely defeated the purpose of therapy because he would just run around the room and 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 be completely disruptive. So it just defeated the purpose. So I I had called in a referral. Um, for Garrett and I said, listen, I, I know that we're we we are allowed to bring him as kind of like a family therapy, but I really think he would benefit more from individual. So that this will be his first individual set um, session solely for him. Okay, and then how would you? Again, totally self self serving questions on my part here because I'm curious. How would you define his BMOD therapy versus Cassidy's, what do you call Cassidy's kind of therapy? Well, their individual is 
behavior modification, the group therapy is to help with their social skills. Because she, two years ago, um, she was what? She's nine now. Two years ago, she was seven and she was um, suicidal. Okay, so hers hers is more centered around expressing her feelings. Exactly. Whereas Garrett's, and correct me when I say something wrong, Garrett's will be more centered around controlling his feelings or being, what do I want to say, expressing them appropriately. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So that's that's what the behavior modification therapy for each of them has been. I mean, so because, do you expect them to, to craft a plan for you to bring Oh, home? yeah. Like, we've already talked about we've already talked about what our goals and objectives are. Um, I can't remember them right now because I have a headache, but I know that I'm going to, I know, I think I'm going to have to sign something at the next session because she's going to have it all typed up and pretty and I'm going to actually ask her for a copy of it so I can have it at home. But it'll, it'll be something like Garrett will control his behavior at least three times a week. Garrett will stop saying I hate statements at least three times a week to start and then gradually, you know, bring it up. And then uh, some – not reinforce, some reward system attached to that or – Exactly. Exactly. Okay. If he, yep. Yep. Exactly. So – Like I said, just – just curious as to the difference and if you're going to utilize the same provider yep. because same you, exact same exact therapist because she's awesome <laughs> hey. she did what she worked wonders well a- actually initially Cassidy had a different therapist back in 2009 when I first started taking her um, but that therapist moved to California and we stopped services for a couple of months and she regressed so I said you know what you're going back into therapy so she went back into therapy and we now have JC. Cassidy loves JC. Over the over the April vacation, she had to write an essay who on um who she thought was her helping hands hero. And hands is an acronym at her school. I don't know exactly what it means. I can never remember it. But she had to take the acronym and talk about how this person fits into each of these categories, and she chose to write about her ther- write about her therapist. Well, that's nice. Her therapist is her helping hands hero, and she considers her therapist one of her best friends. Can't beat that. No, you can't. Made so the what therapist the- cry. <laughs> She's like, I'm tearing up. Aw. What like, the Easter Bunny bring you? The how was bunny- the Easter Bunny at your house? How was the Easter, Easter Bunny yeah. was uh, was okay, was okay. Easter Bunny didn't bring too much stuff, but he brought jelly beans. <laughs> no black ones, but oh, I love that's the best kind. There, uh, exactly the, the best black and the red. That's it. I don't need black anything else. Exactly. That's it. Give me, yeah, give me a bag of black and red jelly beans, and no so. no spicy ones either. I don't want those no, spice no. things. Those, those are gross. <laughs> really. And what when about I, Mr. Whale? Mr. Whale? Mr. Whale. Oh, Garrett is now into... Mr. Whale has been shoved in a corner of a bookshelf. He is now into these Super Mario Brothers toads. He has two of them. And he brought them both to school today. And I'm like, I haven't heard anything negative. He says I could play with them at recess time. I said, that's fine, as long as you're only playing with them at recess time. So, but did they help? Did they help in getting out the door in the morning to take the toads? Oh, yeah. Take oh, your yeah. toads on the bus? I mean. Go ahead. Take your toads on the bus. Yesterday, he brought his, they're these little tiny, I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're called squinkies. They're like these little tiny things that look like erasers, but they're not erasers. And he brought his little squinkies to school. And he traded, he said, mommy, I gave away five of them. I said, but those are for you. Mommy bought those for you and only you. Mommy didn't tell you you could give those away, but my, but they're my friends and I wanted to give them to my friends. I said, okay, fine. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. They were only five bucks a piece, but that's okay. You know. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
that's okay. That's a social skill, mom. Exactly. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, try not to let it matter. That was a good thing, unless the other kids take advantage of his generosity, but, you know. Yeah. I don't think, uh, no, he's not that generous. He, he really, he's, Garrett is not that generous. Cassidy's more gen, a lot more generous than, than Garrett. Garrett's more like, it's mine. Get the heck away from me. You know? <laughs> but I'd like to thank you for co-hosting with me. My pleasure. And I was so glad to get Gretchen. I mean, I was so happy to have Gretchen. She's just, like I say, she's like the Energizer Bunny. She doesn't stop, you know? I mean, I just can't imagine what she went through to bring Sean up alone and in and of itself but then to go on and, and form this great group. system of care yeah I mean to be admired okay simply uh, a lady to be admired that's, exactly. that's all you can say and my next, pleasure yeah, it was my pleasure too um, next week we'd like you to stay tuned for updates on what we will be talking about next week we haven't figured that one out yet but Stay tuned. You'll see us on Facebook posting oh, what we'll be talking about. Yeah, we, all, we have something in the works. Mm-hmm. As always, you can visit our website, autismwarriors.com. Our email is feedback at sayitproductions.com. Our Twitter is sayitprods. Facebook, facebook.com backslash autismwarriors and facebook.com backslash sayitproductions. Our voicemail is 813-915-6390. You can catch us live at 8 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday night. Um, if you go to sayitproductions.com backslash donate, you can see all the ways in which you can donate to help to keep this show up and running. Thanks for listening to the Autism Warriors podcast. See you next week. 